Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. There's that voice again. Chuck and Chernoff in our 3 o'clock hour on the FAN. Charles with the day off. Front office Los Carlos Medina from Extra 106.3 and with us until 6 o'clock. The 3 o'clock hour of our show is brought to you by This Stuff Matters. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast posted at 680 The Fan's website under the podcast header or at thisstuffmatters.net. Uh, why don't we start the 3 o'clock hour by saying hello to Carlos? Hey, Matt. Yellows. Good news. What's that? Guess who's just stopped smoking? Tell me. Ted Bundy. Is that true? I see what you did. It was a joke I remember from the 80s. Yeah. After he got the electric, electric chair. Electric chair humor is always great. Always fun. It, work, it works to start off any and every show. Really, every hour we need to start with that. Los, let's start with the madness. 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 It is conference championship week, but w- one local team around here didn't waste any time in punching their ticket, as they say, to the dance. Congrats to Kennesaw State. I love this story. Who? The Kennesaw State Owls. Who? Uh, they're in Kennesaw. Oh. Right. Hootie who to uh, Amir Abdurrahim, their first time making the NCAA tournament. And we love first timers. The story will sell nationally to people. The great underdog built from nothing that just three years ago was one in 28 when Amir Abdurrahim took over. Then they go five and 19. Then they bump up to 13 and 18 and now they're 26 and eight. And the theme, the magic number, if you would, Los, is one for the cardiac owls who went from one win three years ago to a one-point win yesterday to punch their ticket for their first time to the dance on one free throw made late. It is, it's a great story. Yeah, it totally is. I, I do think about the, the very rare times where we have gotten a chance to cover a fun college basketball story in this town. You know, Georgia Tech obviously going to a Final Four, having a couple of other teams slide in, Georgia State getting a last-second win. Anytime we can get a local, especially when they're an underdog, it just makes for a fun you know, noon start, 11 o'clock start on that opening Thursday. And everybody in the state will most likely only have one team to pull for unless, who knows, maybe something wacky happens with Georgia or Georgia Tech or Georgia State or Mercer or somebody or Georgia Southern. I don't project that in my Matt Palm projections, but that would mean Kennesaw State would be the uh, lone bid here in the mighty Peach State. We'll talk to the head coach of Kennesaw State, Amir Abdurrahim, coming up later on this hour. Some of the projections I've seen have them a 14 or 15 seed, but I don't think they'll care at all. Like, wherever you seed them, no, you're, you're go play in. Kansas, go play Villanova, go play somebody they won't uh, they won't care at all. Now, 
Uh, we will be at uh, Harris Cherokee next Thursday for the first day of the tournament. We'll be broadcasting all day from morning, noon, until night in the Caesar Sportsbook. And we have this unbelievable discount on rooms that apparently the first full block of rooms is gone. But Harris Cherokee Los was ni- uh, nice enough to give us a second block of rooms. Enter the code Los. That will get you nothing. If you enter the code 680-FANS, that's the booking link, 680-FANS, or mention... Atlanta? <laughs> no, we're just going to confuse people. <laughs> 680-FANS. 680-FANS will get you... Is it really 168 bucks? Wow. My goodness. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, it, those rooms go for a lot more than that. I'll just leave it at that. But join us for one of the best days of the year. Legalized sports wagering. Georgia's too slow to get uh, that in our state, but we have it right up the road. Hopefully you'll join us coming up a week from Thursday. I want to take, uh, you know what? I want to take Friday off just so I can do the morning show on Thursday, drive up, have a room, and do first to 12s all day long. So here's what I want to know. So we bet the first of 15s when we were in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Now, last year we were at uh, Harris, and I don't know that they did at the time the first of 15. So I'm hoping that's been added to the list because for the first time when we all went, God, it's got to be five years ago, maybe. Somewhere right around there, yeah. We're all sitting in the book on the first day of the tourney, and people are going nuts with 15, 25 left in the game. We're all looking around going, what the hell is going on? You can bet with odds on the dog First team to get to 15, there's no rhyme or reason who gets 15 points first, and it was the most fun thing to sit there and bet on every game. It was, I believe we bet it when we hit it. We all just said, let's just take 20, let's play it. I want to say it was like Georgia State versus Kentucky, and they got to it first, and the entire book went insane. It was great. It was just so much fun. Again, there's no rhyme or reason except bet the underdogs, you get better odds, because who the hell knows who gets to 15 first in these games? So that was the fun of, of what happened at the tourney, so hopefully we'll see up at Harris. Now, Georgia Tech... They got a dub to finish their season. They beat BC 73-65 on Saturday. They've won three in a row in five of their last six. So they finish off their season at 14-17, and 6-14 and 14 in the ACC. They have some momentum going into the tourney. I wonder if it's enough for Josh Pastner, if he was potentially on the outs of Tech to keep the gig. They'll open tournament play tomorrow at 2 against FSU. If the Jackets win, they will play Wednesday at uh, 2.30 against Pitt. All the action of whatever the run looks like for Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament happens here on the home of Georgia Tech, on the fan, the fan mobile app, AM, FM, all that good stuff. So we have that to look forward to. Georgia lost to South Carolina on Saturday, 61-55. to You're to blame. You're always blaming me for everything. You're to blame. I tried to build them up, give them a little promotion, have some fun. They finished 16-15, and 5-12 in the SEC. So the White Walkers will open the SEC tournament Wednesday night at 9.30 against LSU in Nashville. Wait, is that a we go out, watch the dogs in LSU, a little late-night Wednesday-nighter? No, I'm done. Done what? But thank you. What do you mean you're done? I'm done watching them. No, you're going to watch. No, no, I've moved on to Georgia baseball now. Okay, you're a liar. <laughs> I would bet, bet my house that you're watching this game Wednesday night because you can't help yourself. He experiences FOMO, even for stuff like this, if it's involving Georgia. He will be watching this game Wednesday because when they beat LSU, and they will, Wednesday night, he'll convince himself Thursday, Vandy. We could be Vandy, and all of a sudden, he Los, he thinks like there's the run for the White Walkers. They're walking their way closer to the SEC title. Mark my words, this will happen later in the week. I was reminded uh, of what you did to that team last week. I was picking up my daughter of all places from uh, from middle school, and I let, glanced over. There was a sign because there's kids that will walk home, and it just said, watch out for walkers. And I went, even here, I'm reminded of what Matt did, calling them the White Walkers and then watching them fall apart. Los, where do the uh, middle uh, school girls hang out? Save that. Where See, do the middle school girls hang out? 
There we go. That guy turned around quick. <laughs> Holy cow. How about that? Uh, so Georgia Thursday night, or excuse me, Wednesday night with LSU. If they win, it'll be Thursday night against Vandy. Hawks are back at it tonight trying to take down their nemesis, the Miami Heat, who just love to just bump and pound and hurt and push and do everything to Trey Young. And they do it very well. The Hawks lost Saturday night to Miami. Trey had another awful night against the Heat. Now, he did play well against them here back on MLK Day, but Saturday's game had a look at the playoffs where he was 2 of 13 shooting, couldn't find any space, couldn't get anything done. Tonight's kind of important for whatever important looks like for the Hawks. If they're going to catch Miami, who I think is a game and a half up on them for the seventh seed, tonight is is a big deal because it would force a 2-2 season split. It would move them back within half a game of the Heat, and if you're going to make the play-in, you'd rather play that seventh seed because you're the home team against Miami rather than going down there and have them beat your brains in before having to play another game for your for your season, essentially. Yeah, you just, you're just trying to set up the best scenario, just as you said, for when you're doing that play-in tournament, just put yourself in a position where at least you get a game, you know, on your home floor, get a chance to play against them. Uh, and just as you said, Matt, you're in this scenario where you got a new coach, you got a new, uh, you know, whatever you're doing systematically, we saw kind of a, hey, they, they got a little bit of life. They're starting to play a little bit better. And then, then you have what happened with against Miami. Miami, the one thing, you know what they're going to do. They're going to be physical. That's that's their entire MO when they play Atlanta and to a lesser extent when they play Boston. They're going to be physical. So, hey, adjust accordingly. You're at home. It's your opportunity. Make it happen. So tonight again in Miami, Hawks. Oh, excuse me, in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. Uh, the seventh seed would mean you just have to win one home game to get into the playoff if that or into the playoffs if that matters. But again, we'll see what they could do tonight. Uh, one side note on the Hawks: Michael Soto had the note that uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is expected to decline his eighteen million dollar option and a free agency this offseason, which isn't a huge surprise. And maybe the knee injuries of the past made you think he might opt in. So we'll see what the Hawks' response to that would be. How much of the combine did you take in over the weekend? Uh, an okay amount. We were uh, we were out of town. We were in Orlando at a volleyball tournament. So all I was doing was going back to the room every single night and catching all the highlights. And, and whenever somebody would pop, I would see that on Twitter uh, when somebody would have a crazy number, would have a crazy 40 time. It was a Georgia kind of, um, you know, recruiting pitch, uh, celebration of Georgia. Like, a couple of things. First of all, let's talk about Stetson Bennett, who by all reports had himself a great weekend from the velocity of the football compared to Will Levis to how well he was throwing the deep ball. He measured in at 5'11", 192. The hand size that we always joke about was 10 inches, which that's what the NFL scouts want over 10. So he had himself a good weekend. Roderick Jones had a good weekend, measured in at 6'5", 3'11", bigger than anybody thought, ran the fastest uh, 40 time of any offensive lineman, had a wingspan that was just impressive, so good things for him. He said he had a formal interview with the Falcons. That was one of his first ones. Then, Lowe's, there was the uh, the freak show that is Darnell Washington. 6'7", 264, ran a 4'6", 4'40", 11-inch hands, broad jump over 10 feet, vertical 31 he made this ridiculous one-handed grab going out of bounds. Like, he showed everything that we saw in glimpses at Georgia just on a stage where scouts could drool all over him. When his goal, his stated goal was that he wanted to run 4-6. Everyone kind of imagined he's probably going to be a high 4-6, 4-7 guy, and that's fine because that's what, you know, for his size, that makes sense. The fact that he ran what he ran and has the ability as a blocker and can get down the field and was making that insane catch because I saw that one too, I went... Okay, now you're just showing off. Now, now you're just letting everybody know 
yeah, I, I was this highly recruited off of the West Coast, and this is the kind of athlete I am, and this is why I'm a two-time national champion because this is how good I helped make that offense. He is a large toy that some of these offensive-minded head coaches who are play callers will drool about. Don't need him, per se, but, man, think of the stuff we could do with him from the extra O-line kind of uh, piece that he becomes at 6'7 and 265 to red zone, first down, short yardage. Like, the things you could do with him would make guys like Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan. I bet Arthur Smith just kind of drool. Yeah, again, if you're running a two-tight-end offense – he gives you so many different options where the, the defense can, can guess all day long. And you can line up and basically say, I'm better at you running the football. I can also go down the field on you. And it just makes it nightmarish for a defense. One more quick note. Braves uh, have a day off today, one of their few days off of the, uh, of the spring. And I won't give you final scores because it's meaningless, but there were some individual things that I always like to watch for as the spring goes along. Over the weekend, Max Freed, three scoreless innings, five Ks. Spencer Strider, three scoreless, three Ks. Charlie Morton, two and two-thirds, a run and two Ks. Ian Anderson, a really good bounce back, two and even, a third. Even, 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 even Ian Anderson? That's right, Joe. Five Ks, he gave up a run. So all the starters, good results. Excuse me for butchering that. Kirby Yates, low set an inning and three Ks, perfect inning. Good for him. Rysel Iglesias, scoreless inning. Joe Jimenez, a scoreless inning. And then the offense, Olsen and Riley had a couple of games where they each hit home runs. Acuna was four for seven. So as long as everybody's healthy and you're getting these good returns, that's all you care about. Yeah, when you start hearing that your your frontline starting pitching is rounding into form, and, and guys like Spencer Strider is one of them that matters to me. I know that obviously he's been throwing, but the way that last season ended where he had to miss a little bit of time, came back, and again, first inning in the playoffs, everything looked good, and then second inning we all went, ugh. Uh, there's a lot of those guys. Charlie Morton, the same way that he kind of had some issues late in the year. I want to see them continue to progress. I want to see them continue to do well. And then, you know, as they get back, uh, get ready to, to show up here in Atlanta and get this season going, uh, full guns blazing. Let it just get everybody healthy, everybody ready to go. It's time to wing it. Presented by WNB Factory. Serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at WNBFactory.com. All right, we'll take your wing it idea answers at the Harrah's Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. Uh, Los, last time you witnessed a fight in person. Fighting! And I'm not saying you went to a UFC fight or it was actually a sanctioned bout. Because I, I told the story when I got back from New Orleans. I saw a fight on the steps of Harrah's. Right there at, I mean, one guy's walking up the steps, guy behind him pulls him from behind. Next thing you know, they're wailing on each other in the middle of the street. Nobody broke it up for a good 60 seconds. And then (laughs) finally, after everybody stopped videoing the fight, it got broken up. So that's the last time I watched two grown folks fight in public. I think the, let's see, maybe the year was 2006. It was a Georgia-Arkansas game. And there were a couple, I, I, I could swear it. I think they were both Arkansas fans. And they were swinging at each other in the stands over at uh, over at uh, Sanford Stadium. Football crowd boos me up. Let's fight. Just always the way. Usually it's the NFL, but yeah, it can happen everywhere. Uh, Brandon Joseph, last fight you witnessed in person? Probably over here at uh, Sports and Social. Really? Saturday. Yeah. How about that? Like a good one? Uh, I was watching it from our conference room, so I wasn't actively involved. But yeah, it was a good one. Dan Matthews? A couple of years ago, LSU Ole Miss, it was the guy in the row lower that punched the guy and knocked him out. Yeah, those that's, videos that's are, an accomplishment, yeah. by the way, when you're the lower yeah, man there. Yeah, usually low man doesn't win, but Leverage is a, did. it's a thing. Uh, Brian Montrevious Hoyt, last time you witnessed a fight in person? Uh, I saw Nerny try to fight an entire wedding party at Reynolds Plantation. Yeah, that you, was because you, you started it. You did. That's your big move. <laughs> you like to start it and then have anybody else clean it up after you. Fighting! 
Yeah. Very good. You guys will send your answers to the Harris Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed the last time you witnessed a fight in person. The head coach of Kennesaw State, Amir Abdurrahim, in 15 minutes to talk about his NCAA tournament bound owls. Coming up next, though, buckle up and get ready for one of the wildest weeks of Falcon rumors in recent memory. I'm going to go live on the air with a pure rumor. So am I. Rumor came out that I have sex with other men's wives. Give a source on that? Yeah, we're swingers. Okay. I'm uncomfortable right now. Feels weird. A lot. Very much so. Uh, we'll share the first scorching hot batch of rumors next. <laughs> Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Welcome to the month of madness. 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 Uh, Chuck on vacay back with us tomorrow. Remember, we will have Georgia Tech, their first round ACC matchup with FSU at two. We'll come on after the game tomorrow. You're home with the Jackets, the fan on AM because we're cool. FM because we're booming with a signal and because we have an app, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Chuck out, Los in today with you until 6 o'clock. Thanks for having me, Matt. Glad to have you, Los. The 3 o'clock hour of the show is brought to you by This Stuff Matters. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast posted at 680 The Fan's website. Under like the pod- and subscribe. <clears throat> You're okay, Chuck. Ah. That's the wise out. Like right. and subscribe. It's okay. Right under the podcast header or at thisstuffmatters.net. How do you go from 1 and 28 to 1 of 68? We'll ask the head coach of the Kennesaw State Owls. We're headed to the NCAA tournament in less than five minutes when Amir Abdurrahim joins us here on The Fan. But first, Los, one week from today, silly season. The fun of NFL free agency begins. Now, a week from today is the legal tampering period, which means these teams can pretend not to make an official deal with an NFL free agent, but just have discussions. And then when they get to a Wednesday, in theory, they're supposed to have a deal done. Now, as we found out last week, we had our agent to the stars, Hadley Englehart, on, and Hadley said... Yeah, these deals are done at the Combine. <laughs> so <laughs> by the time we get to legal tampering, you'll know on Monday some of the free agent deals the Falcons will be making, and there are already dozens of rumors. Falcons have a couple of lanes they can go down. One is, I think, go high-priced, big-time, spend a ton of money, get three or four guys. Or they could spend on quality, or as this case, maybe quantity, kind of quality where it's not break the bank players, but we get three, four, five difference makers, spread the money around. The biggest rumor that remains out there, and this was from the Combine, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said several people around the NFL believe the Ravens have strong, uh, strongly considered using their non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. This would allow teams to offer Jackson a contract that the Ravens could either match or decline in exchange for two first rounders. And the word from the combine is the falcons were the team most associated be the favorite to explore that option now you know this a lot more than me why would the ravens choose that option over the exclusive tag and then wait for lamar to say trade me and then they could decide on the compensation it would seem to me you're leaving a lot of compensation on the table compared to what the browns gave up in picks for deshaun watson and compared to whatever quarterbacks have been traded for why would the ravens be willing to take this risk i think that if you're doing that you firmly believe that you are not going to be able to get to a contract with with Lamar Jackson. Here's the reason why. You have until tomorrow, that is the deadline, to decide what kind of franchise tag you're going to apply to a player. Most of them will say exclusive franchise tag, which in the case of a quarterback, it's about $40 million, $45 million is where it's now getting to. If you say non-exclusive, it's only about $35 million, but that quarterback can then negotiate with everyone out there. Now, if you let the rest of the marketplace negotiate the contract and Lamar Jackson says, 
yeah, I'm still not signing these deals. At least you can say, well, Lamar, our deals are fair. Look what's being offered to you. The trouble is, what happens if somebody is willing to do the Deshaun Watson route, which is fully guaranteed contract, which is what he's aiming for. Mm-hmm. He wants that deal. If the Falcons are willing to do it, then I believe that he's going to be an Atlanta Falcon in exchange for two first-round picks. Which, is, again, it just does not seem enough compensation if I'm the Ravens when when part of what the Browns did is gave up two firsts and some seconds and some other stuff. So that part of it is interesting to me. So that's the biggest rumor coming out, but that's not the only. These names, in some way, shape, or form, have been rumored, linked, discussed by the Falcons. The biggest one is Jesse Bates, the Cincinnati safety, since he had a meal with A.J. Terrell and Kyle Pitts and Casey Hayward. Alan Lazard, the Packer receiver. Marcus Davenport, the St. DN, for obvious reasons. Javon Hargrave. Jadavion Clowney seems to be picking up steam on the one-year kind of scenario with the Falcons. Same thing with Sheldon Rankins. A couple of corners, James Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson now. Los, you'll remember this. When the Hawks had all their free agent room and all their salary cap space before they signed Bogey and Gallo and re-upped Capella and made all their moves, I said the Hawks will be mentioned with everybody because it's just they have the most cap space, and whoever's available, you're going to hear them. Falcons-Bears are the two teams with more cap space than everybody else, so they will be linked to every potential free agent on the board. Agents will use both teams to get more in other places. Uh, Media outlets will be snickered into using both teams as, oh, the Falcons are in and the Bears are in. And they might be, but I, I would just be careful what you're hearing. It's going to be a wild week of free agent rumors involving both teams. May I make one more point about the fully guaranteed contract? Please. So in the NFL, if you decide to do a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got, that money, that full amount, let's say it's $250 million guaranteed, goes into escrow. The owner of the team has to write a check for the full amount on that day. Correct and it goes over to a third party that pays it out. So that is what ultimately the Baltimore Ravens don't want to do. It's about being cash rich versus cash poor. This owner here, who was almost willing to do that for Watson, I'd be curious if he'd be willing to do it for Lamar Jackson. And even if it's not the fully guaranteed, somebody's going to come closer to the number than the Ravens are willing to go, and that by the team wins. You might not be willing to go all the way, but if you go a lot closer than what... Baltimore's willing to do, that might be the, the, the piece that puts you over the top. Might be guaranteeing 230 versus them guaranteeing 180. That's exactly right. We'll see. Like I said, a wild week ahead for Falcon fans to see which lane the Falcons choose, big and bold and, and huge moves or a bunch of smart, spend some money, try to you know build the floor of the team up rather than looking at the ceiling. And we'll see what the move at Derek Carr in, in New Orleans, if they have any reaction or reactionary move to that will be interesting to see. All right, let's switch gears. We get ready for the uh, mayhem and the madness and the fun to begin around March. Madness. <laughs> That's right, Chuck. But one team has already punched their ticket, and for the first time ever. Oh. That's exactly right. Uh, let's bring in the head coach of the Kennesaw State Owls. Amir Abdurrahim is kind enough to join Chuck and Chernoff on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. I really appreciate you guys having me on today. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, we have a lot to cover, but uh, did you sleep last night? pretty good um I, I have three kids i have a six four and a one-year-old two girls and a boy and they don't care uh, <laughs> about what happened yesterday they just wanted to play when i got home and then the girls had to go to school this morning so and there you go <laughs> find a way to get humble real quick guys wait a minute does making the NCAA tournament does that does that buy you like your wife's taking care of nap time and you get some extra uh, like some extra z's on the couch does that work 
and when you're playing, when when it's when it's three versus two, and you're playing a zone, it's none of that stuff. Like you got <laughs> you got to be all hands on deck, and you got to be ready to go. So, you know, she's a rock star, but I got to help out here. Well, you guys are both rock stars, right? As of about now, so tell me how this happened. For those who have not been paying attention, and it's just, just the way of the world, you go one in twenty-eight three years ago, and you start building the blocks to get to where we are yesterday. How did it happen? Yeah, I'll go back to that one win season. Uh, uh, Rob Lanier, who used to be the head coach at Georgia State, uh, has a website called CoachSpeak.net. It's really a platform that he allows coaches to use to kind of tell their story, so on and so forth. And you know, he was fortunate. He he was he was nice enough to let me, uh, you know, write a story at the end of that first year. And the title of that story was One and Twenty Eight W O N and Twenty Eight. And I, I always tell people about that year because you know that year for us it wasn't necessarily about the result of a win. And our win-loss record as much as it was about us setting the foundation for a program that would be able to sustain over time. And the, the start of that was about, it was with people. You know, we wanted to put great people in our environment. Um, the thing that was special about yesterday was that two kids from our one-win season, Terrell Burton, my starting point guard, and Barney Harris, one of our reserves, both of those kids were on that, on that team. So for them to be a part of it when it was at its lowest, to be a part of it at the at the at the at the highest man, it, it just meant the meant the world to us. So we did it with good people that cared about Kennesaw State and wanted to be at Kennesaw State. Well, you're a man. We're talking to uh, the head coach of Kennesaw State, Amir Abdurrahim. Are your emotions after Burden hits that free throw and the clock hits triple zeros? Is it tears? Is it exuberance? Is it exhaustion? Take me through the moments right after. You know what? It's a little bit of everything. Uh, it was tears because, you know, these, these kids, we have 16 guys, um, you know, four managers, you know, four other coaches other than myself, man, that these guys sacrifice a lot throughout the year. You know, they don't they don't really have a summer, um, you know, because they're in summer school, they're working out. Uh, they, they miss, you know, they have two days off this Christmas break. You know, they spend Thanksgiving with my ugly mugs, right? And uh, they sacrifice a ton. And for them to reach their ultimate goal of making it to an NCAA, double-A tournament, winning a conference championship to see him do that, that was the tears. The exhaustion was, was man, we, you know, just kind of the build-up over the last four years and then just being able to the, the exciting part, the exuberant part for me was just being able to share with my brothers and sisters and my mom who were there. Um, you know, you don't you don't get to this place by yourself. You know, um, you know, even even through these four years, my wife, I told you, she's a rock star, man. She has been unbelievable in just letting me go work and build this program. The other wives on our staff have been great in allowing their husbands, you know, to take time away from the family, man, to, to, to build this program, and, and it takes a village, man. It takes everybody to get here. So speaking of a village, tell the audience how many siblings you have. Man, I'm, I'm I'm one of 13, so I have 12 other brothers and sisters, and um, it's a, as a competitive group of kids that you'll ever meet. Uh, my, my competitive uh, background doesn't come from, you know, playing on the blacktop or anything like that. It comes from my brothers and sisters who beat up on me as much as they could when I was growing up. Was the competition like at Thanksgiving to grab something before the seconds are gone? Like 13 kids all battling for everything. What was that dynamic well, like? Well, well it, was, it was nuts. And, and so, 
it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. My mother has five and my, my father has eight uh, from another marriage. But the thing that's crazy about it is just take my mother's five. At Thanksgiving, you know, if you wanted to save the nice, the big piece of turkey, you know, eat all the other stuff and save the big piece of turkey, you had to be careful because Sharif, my older brother, you know, he might just stick his fork on your plate and take that piece of turkey from you. You know, so it's like you're trying to figure out who can, you know, you're trying to compete at who can eat the fastest. One, trying to see who can get done. Two, trying to make sure, you know, your food didn't get taken from you. So it was, it was always interesting times in the Abdur Rahim household. What was the uh, text message number for you between the end of the game last night and this morning? Man, I think by the end of it, I think I had 574, which I'm going to try my best to get back to everybody. It may be impossible, but it was it was nuts. It was nuts. Can you give me the most recognizable name that you went through? You might not have responded yet, but you got the uh, text from somebody. That we go, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, obviously my college coach, Billy Kennedy, uh, who I worked for in, um, at Texas A&M and Murray State, um, he was my favorite. That was the favorite one I got. And I was like, you know, just because he had helped me so much as a player, as a coach, he gave me my start in the business. But the guy I really love, man, and I watched him closely, uh, was Frank Martin. Um, he's at UMass now, but he used to be at South Carolina. He sent me a direct message on Twitter um, just, you know, just saying, hey, man, I'm proud of you. You know, and, 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 and man, I'm watching you, man. Great job. Hell of a season. Keep it going. That, that was pretty cool because he was somebody that, you know, I watched how he cared for and pushed his players when he was at South Carolina. And I, I told myself, if I ever get that opportunity, I want to have that type of relationship with my guys. And you know, I think um, I think I've done I've been able to do that. What you guys did yesterday is one heck of a recruiting pitch on its own, but what would you yeah. say right now? You got dads in the cars listening, and they've got 14, 15, 16 year olds, and they're thinking about Georgia, Georgia Tech, or Georgia State. What would you do to sell them on Kennesaw State? You know, the best part of this is that now, you know, the nation gets to gets to hear about Kennesaw State. But my pitch would be the same pitch that helped us land the 62nd best recruiting class in the country in 2020 uh, with Chris Youngblood, Brandon Stroud, Casey Jennings, and those guys. And I would just tell them, hey, we have the best of both worlds here at Kennesaw. And, I, and that's no slight to Georgia, Georgia Tech, right, or, or any of the other schools. But, you know, when you can have a great, a, a great campus, a safe environment where you actually get a college campus, campus field, right, in a safe campus, right, with great, great sports, uh, you know, sport teams, like our volleyball team is great, our track team, people don't realize that they're in the NCAA, NCAAs every year, our football program has, has done great things, um, um, I miss, oh, no, no, and that's, that's really everybody now, we're doing great things, man, I would just say to people, man, come up 75, man, you'll get the best of both worlds, you're 30 minutes from downtown Atlanta, no traffic, no traffic. All right. But, uh, you know, man, you'll get a great college environment, great college campus. But at the same time, too, socially, you can still have all the fun you want to have. I mean, that's what we have to offer. I think we have the best institution in the state of Georgia, hands down, because we can offer those things. Uh, now, I don't want you to, like, stop celebrating this now. But at some point in the next week, right, you get the, the band back together. You guys will assemble and watch the uh, selection show. And then you'll be in a, in a bracket yeah. and a pairing with somebody. But. Coach, your profile of your team is the one that is the dangerous one in the tournament, right? A bunch of upperclassmen. You mentioned your seniors, guys who have played a lot. You've also played on the road against some Power 5 competitions, so I don't imagine you guys go in feeling any intimidation no matter who pops up on the bracket. 
that. No, no, none, none whatsoever. Um, and I say that humbly. Uh, we we respect the game. We'll always respect our opponent. But you know, we you know we we're battle tested, and not not just this year. You know, man, people don't realize last year. You know, early in the year, we went to Iowa State uh, and, and played them pretty dang good. You know, we went to Creighton last year. I think we ended up losing that game by two or three points, you know, but then this year, you know, we go play a really good Florida team at Florida to start the year, and we, man, we were right there. You know, we go to Indiana uh, right before Christmas break, play play that team, um, and I thought we played them pretty well. So, uh, for our guys, they've played a ton of games together, you know, and they're, they're a really connected group. And so, regardless of whoever we draw in the tournament, it won't be a, a awe or shock factor. Like, our guys are, are built and battle-tested for, for this type of tournament, and now it's just about preparing, staying humble, staying hungry, and, and, and going to do what we do best. Do you uh, swat off the attention for you personally? Because you know it's going to happen. You have this kind of season. Everybody goes, well, he's gone. Somebody bigger is going to come grab him. What's your response to when you start to hear on that talk? Man, I'm gonna go back to my family, right? I'm one of 13 siblings. Uh, I'm one of, uh, you know, I'm the son of William Abdurrahim and Deborah Hester, and the principles and values we were brought up on are a little bit different than what society may say you should or shouldn't do. Um, and so for me, man, I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, content in being where my feet are. I think you have to be focused exactly where you are at that time. You know, when that opportunity, if an opportunity comes, and you know, it's something that can improve uh, my family, then you know, we look at it. You know. But right now, like, for me, we enjoy being right here at Kennesaw State. Um, we enjoy, you know, being 15 minutes from my mom. We enjoy being 15 minutes from my brothers and sisters. Uh, we, my, my daughters, they love their school. They, you know, it was one of the first questions my, my oldest asked me, like, are we going to have to move? You know, because she's been through two. She's been through two moves now. And it's like, no, baby, we don't. You know, so we want to be here at Kennesaw. We want to be exactly um, where our feet are. We want to we wanna keep building in this community. And so that's the answer that I would give you is just, man, I'm going to be, be where my feet are right now. I'm not going to worry about what may come and what may not come. I'm going to be right where my feet are and enjoy this moment. Coach, as we finish up, while you're not rooting against anybody else in the state, you might carry the torch. There is a really strong chance that the only name that pops up on Selection Sunday from the whole Peach State is what Kennesaw, wherever you guys land, is, is a seat in the tournament. So that garners some extra attention. Like, you might have the big bandwagon following you wherever you end up going in the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Uh, you may call me crazy. And, again, I told our guys uh, at the beginning of the season, um, and they thought I think they may have thought I was crazy at the time just because at times you hear the Georgias, the Georgia Techs, the Georgia State, you know, and we are really good. We have really, really good basketball coaches in our state on the collegiate level. You know, I mean, even all the way down to Georgia Southern with Brian Bird. But, like, I told our guys at the beginning of the year that we were the best team in the state of Georgia. Um, and, and, yeah, it was my opinion, but, you know, I think the work we put in, the time we put in, the, the trials we've been through, um, and, and just knowing the makeup of our guys and the character, I believed it wholeheartedly. And now, you know, I don't. I, I hope we get more than one team in the, in, you know, more than one team in the uh, tournament from the state of Georgia because it's always it always only enhances, you know, basketball in our state. But if not, then you know, hey, we're gonna carry we're gonna carry that flag and we're gonna carry it and represent it the right way. Coach, congratulations. I know people are thrilled for you. The first time ever Kennesaw State punches a ticket to the dance. You guys put on a heck of a show. Enjoy the next few days. We'll get ready to watch Sunday when the selection committee makes uh, their determination where the owls are going. Congrats again. Thank you, guys. There's uh, Amir Abdurrahim, the head coach at Kennesaw State, joining us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line. Coming up next, these are the glory days in Athens. We wanted some glory hole. No, not uh, different. Wait, no.
Like, completely different. And the primetime combine is only helping that program stay on top. We'll talk about them next. I want me some glory hosts. No. It's a well-oiled machine, this radio show. There's no question. Chuck and Chernoff on the F-A-N. That means on the A-M or on the F-M. Sunny outside, so that's cranked up. You can hear it. We're on A-M. I just said F-M, too. And the 680 The Fan mobile app. Chuck uh, on vacay today. Lowson for the King with you till 6 o'clock. Reminder, 680 The Fan and Bears Best Atlanta are kicking off golf season with our annual chili dip open. Factual. Okay, but we're not going to do that in the middle. Of, this is a, about to read. It benefits, it's a serious, serious read. Well, it benefits First Team Metro Atlanta. And it's the first golf tournament of 2023 at one of Atlanta's finest courses from Atlanta's premier sports talk station. And that's us with Chili. And some great sponsors who make it all possible, like Kroger, Beaver Toyota. How does it sell out? <laughs> it's a miracle. The Color Spot, Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort, along with Entry Point Windows and Doors. The 680 The Fan Chili Dip Open benefits First Team Metro Atlanta Building. <laughs> building Game Changers by Empowering Kids. We're talking about the kids. And teens through golf. That one was funny. <laughs> He's the man that knows the cap bonuses and all of that. He's the one that gets you cut. Front office, don't give a word. He's the guy who knows the law. Can't put him against the wall. He's the guy with all the internet. Shipper, battle dancers, front office. No, 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 That promo brought to you by American Standard. This segment brought to you by Entry Point Doors and Windows, the company who's been taking care of your entryway and the doors and windows in your home for over 20 years. You want to work with somebody where you don't have to worry about any kind of crazy last-minute financing, crazy issues. That's Entry Point. They've been doing it for as long as they have in Atlanta for over 20. EntryPointAtlanta.com. Sign up for the free estimate. I want to tell you a little story about a player. And it's funny. There's kind of two that, that, that kind of ran through the NFL Combine uh, that's now over with from this past weekend. The first one was all the NFL Network coverage where they had so many of these coaches and GMs that came through uh, and, and sat on the set and talked about their team. And one of them was Brandon Staley. He is the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. 40-year-old guy, you know, very sharp offensive mind, pretty interesting team with a pretty great quarterback. Then he was asked about his season, and he talked about we were teetering on the brink, we had problems with our offensive line, we had some issues, and a guy named Jamari Sawyer was the one who rescued them, who ended up stepping in and solidifying the guard position and taking care of their team and helping them get to where they got to. Which, he talked, oh, by the way, he was five picks taken after Justin Schaefer. That did happen Falcons as well. Took, yeah. now, now, Brandon Staley did explain. He's like, we had him as a second or third round pick. He goes, there were some yeah, injury issues that we, along with other teams around the league, were concerned with. And so he slid to us. He goes, we probably should have taken it much earlier. But because of that, they decided they had to wait. And he talked about how he called up Kirby Smart and said, what do you think here? Is this guy real? And his whole point was, yeah, Sawyer's real. He's going to be uh, there to save you. And that's what happened. Well, so let's also back uh, go back a year ago where there was a draftable player from Georgia who goes into the combine rate is about a sixth or seventh round pick. He's going to get a chance to, to probably have an NFL career. He goes out. He tests wildly great. He ends up running a four, five, six. Ends up getting drafted in the fourth round. That was punter Jake Camarda, okay? So I give you the story of Sawyer and what he was able to do last year in saving the, the Chargers and Jake Camarda, who finds himself as a fourth-round pick to Tampa because 
you right now have, these are the salad days, these are glory days in Athens, where even a well-thought-of offensive lineman who falls in the draft because of an injury and a punter both end up drafted and put into great positions and are able to show basically an infomercial just how good all of their athletes are not just the running backs not just the defensive ends not just the pass rushers not just the tight ends which we saw that as well but even the punters okay that is the crazy part when you have a broderick jones who goes out there and typically when you you know you get the college uh roster they normally give you like an inch they might give you an extra five inches so a guy who shows up at the combine is typically you know six four three ten you can bet you know what it's probably six three three oh five Broderick Jones ended up being bigger than his listed numbers with Athens. He ended up being 6'5". The arm length was great and a 4'9'7 in the 40. Matt, you want to talk about a program that now that the Combine's moved to primetime, where every single time a Georgia Bulldog shows up, they put up a crazy number and everyone just goes, wow, what kind of athletes are they not only recruiting, Mm -hmm. supporting, but then helping thrive in that system? Well, they just look different. When you watch Darnell uh, Washington, it just looks different. You watch, I don't know, Jalen Carter. You watch any of these, you're like, that just looks different. This is what we did when Alabama was at the height of their powers, where you're like, oh, my God, they're just, they look different. They're faster. They're built differently. And when Nolan Smith grabs a reporter and starts singing the praises of how Georgia got him here through a weight program and through a culture and through all, you use the correct word, Lose. That was an infomercial for about five or six days of, like, look what Georgia did and look what they produced again. I want to finish up with Stetson Bennett because one of the things that jumped out, you had all these people that talked about, well, I'm not really sure about the arm strength. That part I didn't understand because I saw him make crazy NFL-type throws as far as things down the sidelines, deep balls, and everything else. Uh, to see, because they do put a radar gun on these guys, for them to talk about Will Levis throwing the ball at 59 miles per hour, and that's, that's obviously pretty speedy. Stetson was at 59 as well. So you are talking about a guy that, yes, 5'11", 192 pounds, a 4'6 quarterback as far as what he's able to do. And, oh, by the way, he's throwing as hard as the hardest thrower at the NFL scouting combine. I believe that is a lot because of their training and what they've worked to do and how they've turned now a walk-on into a two-time champion into a guy that's draftable. That's front office lows. What's the Hulk Hogan philosophy? Training, saying your prayers, eating your vitamins. That's how it works. No roids, vitamins. All natural. But for Stetson to look size-wise the same as... Bryce Young, because Bryce Young was listed at 204 the other day. He'll play at 190. So, like, the size is almost identical. And then you look at uh, the velo, as you mentioned, that Stetson put on the ball and the fact that he wanted that level. Now, uh, we played a clip from Daniel Jeremiah last week. You said fourth or fifth round for Stetson. I firmly believe that's happening. And fourth round is very much in play. For somebody who's going to draft a plug-and-play backup with the ability to fill in when their starter does go down. He might not be a guy who can be a starter every game for you, but he can be a guy that can be dependable enough in those two roles. And that matters. That's that worth that's worth that's worth the fourth, uh, fourth round pick. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up next, you need to adjust your brains. Wait a minute. What's gone wrong with Chuck's brain? Because the, <gasps> the cost that quarterback play in the NFL is going to is well above the normal line. Give me back my brain. We're going to have to adjust all of our brains. You go get my money or I'll put your f***ing brain to sleep. <laughs> next. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 